You're listening to Guinea Pig and Green. I'm Laura. I'm Stephanie, and we like talking about health, wellness, and eco-friendliness in a fun and approachable way. Today on the podcast, Steph and I answer a question from one of our listeners on weird feelings post-graduation. This one's a doozy. Let's get to it. (laughs) Welcome back to Getting Big and Green. Hi, Laura. Hey, Steph. How is it going? Good. Long time, no podcast. True, true. Um, Yeah, this one is... uh, a good one we got this question from a listener which is kind of nice it's kind of cool yeah so um i may as well just read it now julia asked us a year out of graduation what advice would you give yourself for dealing with emotional and professional pressures i would love to hear both of your insights on weird feelings post-graduation thanks julia that's so kind of you to write into the podcast our little podcast yeah Um, and also it's just a very great topic i think that there isn't enough information about this out there. I don't think that I was prepared at all um, for all of the different feels that I would have um, in the year after graduation. And so I think it's great that we're going to be talking about it. Me neither. I wish graduation just came with individual mentors. Right. But but, uh, you have to fumble about a bit in the dark. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's tough. Nobody, nobody has the exact same life trajectory as you. So um, a lot of it is is stuff that you have to figure out on your own. Yeah, you really do. It's like writing your own, writing your own instruction manual. Um, But I thought that it would be helpful for us to start the podcast by talking about some of the specific feelings that Laura and I have had in this year. Um, Just, I think just for transparency, because it's very easy Uh, to think that everybody, well, that's one of the feelings, right? That everybody else has it together. Everybody else has it figured out. Um, Nobody's feeling the same things as you. But um, I remember first year university when I thought that everybody was okay and I was the one like crying alone in my my dorm room, but that was not the case. (laughs) (laughs) That was not the case then and it's not the case now, right? Um, There are people having complicated, serious feelings all over and... Um, it's helpful to get them out in the open. So that would be the first one. Thinking uh, erroneously that everyone else has it figured out, everyone else is okay, and they're not wrestling with these big issues. I think that would be the most helpful thing to try and keep in mind as you move through this time. Exactly. Nobody nobody wants to appear as if they're the only person who doesn't have it figured out. So I think for a lot of those people, it's very easy to just... Uh, not make a big show of it and keep their head down and pretend they have it all figured out. And then as a result, it makes everybody else feel like they're the only person who doesn't have it figured out. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I think that that's, that's extremely common. And uh, maybe the most vocal people in a lot of cases are the people who do believe that they have it figured out. And some people do. Yeah. Some people have some of it figured out, um, but there are areas of their life that they're not talking about, right? Like, your life is not just broken down into a romantic relationship and your job. Um, There are lots of other areas where maybe they're struggling or having a hard time. Um, I think with that feeling, the most helpful thing to try and remember is that Facebook and Instagram and Twitter are such a highlight reel. And 
you know, you see these beautiful pictures of people having brunch or at these big fancy events, but those things probably happened a week apart or whatever. Maybe they just had a really good weekend, but um, <laughs> it's not like everybody's living this picture perfect life all the time. And it can really seem like that because people want to present, the, like you said, the best version of themselves, but you have to try and keep in mind that that's not the case. Yeah. And, uh, I know I know personally for me I went to business school and it seemed like for so many people landing a job was the be all and end all of fourth year. Um, right. Any any small talk if you pass somebody uh after class or in the elevators it was it really started to bother me that the first question somebody would ask was do you have a job yet as if that was the only thing that counted. Um, yeah, especially towards happiness and having a job is it's one piece of the puzzle, but it, it's definitely not everything. And I think that having a job that fits with you is, is important. And there are so many more things uh, at play there that you need to determine than whether or not it's just a job opening that you're filling. Yeah. And that can be so hard to remember in the moment because there is a lot of pressure on our, on us. I would say mostly from ourselves. Um, most of the people that I spend time with tend to be like quite ambitious and want to do a good job and want to do work that's meaningful to them. Um, and so more so than even pressure from parents, although that does also happen, um, mm -hmm. they put pressure on themselves. And, and so it, it can be hard not to just sort of go to the easiest, most available thing right away. Um, but I do think that I can totally relate to that. Like I feel like I had even less of a plan than anyone else that I was spending time with or would talk to in my last semester of university. I would run into people on the street or like you say, in an elevator and having small talk and they would always ask what I was doing next year. And, um, and I didn't know. And it made me feel like I was the only one. And I'm sure there were other people out there who maybe had better, <laughs> they were better able to like BS their reply. So it made it sound like they had a plan, mm -hmm. um, even though they didn't, but I just didn't. And people would ask and I would just say, oh, I'm, uh, I'm going on a trip to Europe for a couple months and then I don't know. And it was a very unsatisfying reply for people who are going to like, <laughs> neuroscience PhDs and law school or that were working at a big company. So it can be really hard in the face of all that um, ambition uh, to just sort of own that this is a time of uncertainty for you. Yeah, totally. I had um, I had a neighbor who probably asked me every time oh my I God, saw her. I was her. there one time for that. Oh, yeah, we were there. And <laughs> I was just a total grouch about it. But you know, in retrospect, I think that it's not so much concern that I'm going to go astray and <laughs> make some terrible life choices because I don't have it figured out. I think that in retrospect, a lot of people who asked that question were doing it to make conversation. It's the same thing when you graduate right. high school and everyone's asking you where you're going to go next year and you just want to, even if it's the first time that one particular person is asked you, you just want to shake them and be like, I don't know yet. But right. I, I don't think that they're genuinely asking because they're concerned so much about your answer so much as right. it's a nice conversation starter speaking to somebody in grade 12. <laughs> just like, um, <laughs> just like if somebody's just graduating university, 
asking them what they want to do yet. Or a more cynical way to look at it is it's like, it's just the easiest conversation starter. It's just like the the most, the thing we value most in our predominantly yeah. in our culture is mm -hmm. the job that people have. I don't think that that question is going to go away, but I think it will probably be easier to deal with once you actually do have a job, um, mm -hmm. <laughs> which we do now. But um, yeah, I feel like bracing yourself in a way for those kinds of questions and realizing that, like you say, people are not asking it to sort of needle at you and be like, you don't know what you're doing. Um, they're just sort of trying to exactly yeah. make conversation with you. So it doesn't have to be as threatening as it, it as it sounds in your kind of panicky brain. Um, exactly. Exactly. Nobody's <laughs> nobody's asking you to make a fool of you. <laughs> right. Exactly. Even though you're like, you know, you know, you know. So why are you asking? Um, I think other weird feelings that uh, I wanted to mention was just this feeling of like epic failure. Oh my gosh. <laughs> if, if you like don't have a job within like a month or two months or whatever the case may be, it's just so funny. I feel like we have this microscopic view. Um, we can't think further than a few months ahead in this time after graduation. And so if you don't have everything uh, settled and you don't have the job, it feels like it has been forever that you have not been doing anything productive. You know, it's been a month and you're like, I'm a complete failure. I have not done anything relating to my career in so long. And it's like, it's, it's 30 days. It's been a month. I remember you had a very similar yeah. experience after your internship ended and you were just like, I've, I've, I've just, I haven't done anything. And it was been like, it had been like one month. Since <laughs> yeah. You finished no. your internship. Exactly. Um, so like feeling like you failed already is just hilarious in a way. Um, because if you took a little bit of a broader scope, you would see that, you know, you're six months out of university. You haven't failed at anything. You're so young. Um, you have to sort of see different times in your life and different experiences in your life as, I think like sort of a shout into the void or like a drop in the canyon, a drop in the ocean um, of your life, right? Um, having like a bigger perspective on it can be so helpful, but so hard if you're in a bad place. Definitely. So it's hard. Um, and then there's also this urge, I think, uh, because we leave a time when everything is sort of structured. I mean, obviously there's free time in university, but you have a structure, you have things you have to do. And when you're sort of released into the world and you have no routine and no structure, for me at least, that was really hard to wrap my brain around. And so there can be this urge towards settling down and figuring something out and then just sticking with it. And it's like this urge for closure in a way. And it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier, like picking the first job that comes up or um, mm -hmm. just deciding the first thing. Uh, whatever, um, just because there's this need for closure and stability and routine. But I think that, yeah, yeah so it's like feeling scared um, versus taking risks versus settling down into something right away. Definitely. I think that the temptation to just lock something down and be figured out yeah. is, is huge, where I think that the first few months after university is one of the best times to figure out what you're looking for mm -hmm. um, and that might not entail 
taking the first thing that comes your way. And I, I recognize that that's a totally privileged um, view to take. We talked we talked in a previous episode about ABZ planning. Yeah. Where if your worst case scenario is you're living at home for a few months, you can actually afford to take that risk, most likely. Um, there are definitely scenarios where people can't afford to take those risks. Um, right. And I'm completely sympathetic to that. Um, but if there's a situation where you are able to take advantage of uh, the things that you have going for you, then yeah, just using that time to figure out exactly who you are or what your next steps are. I know you went, you traveled for a few months and I think that that taught you a lot about yourself. Mm -hmm. It definitely did. I think also I would just add, I don't necessarily think that it has to be seen as something privileged um, because no one's saying that you're not going to take any job, right? If you have to support yourself, you have to support yourself, but it's more like you're seeing that as a temporary thing. Like if you were if you're to say, okay, well, I don't know what my dream job is yet. I don't want to choose this accounting job that I hate. Um, I'm going to work at Starbucks. I'm going to support myself. I'm going to live at home with my family and I'm going to work it out, but I'm not going to just like go into this like sort of cushy job that's going to pay me a lot and then just sort of settle for that. Um, So it's, I think it's almost like staying hungry or like staying like you're still exploring. Um, Mm This book that I think um, anyone that's having weird feelings post-grad should read, uh, The Defining Decade by Meg Jay. She did a great TED Talk that went viral last year, right as we were graduating. And she talks about how your 20s should be a time of exploration, but she doesn't think that it should, it should be a time of exploration that doesn't count. Like you need to go out and get some, what she calls identity capital, which just means um, having experiences that are going to add to your skill set or add to you being a more interesting and valuable person mm-hmm. um, and doing things like that, but not just thinking like, oh, well, it's okay if I just mess around for a few years. Like my twenties are long. Um, I think it's a fine balance between those two things, obviously, but um, just um, making sure that you're making the most of your time, but that doesn't necessarily mean just taking the, easiest job available to you these are really complicated wanna, things yeah i really <laughs> want to read that now i've been yeah, looking yeah. i've been looking for new books to read and that totally sounds like something that's it's right absolutely in terms yeah. of something i would enjoy um, yeah it's excellent um I, I do remember the ted doc ted talk now that you've mentioned it mm-hmm. um, yeah she's, she's really good so yeah i think um exploration but making making that exploration count if you're going to work at starbucks and figure it out i don't think there's anything wrong with that i spent four months this year post-grad working at this tiny little cafe near my house but the whole time i was exploring other interests i was doing an internship and i was planning to move to korea Um, i had lots of other goals too like my blog and various things so um i don't think that there's anything wrong with that I think people will not understand it Uh, I remember the same neighbor that you're talking about when you were she's like what's going on with you Laura and you were like oh well like you know I've been um helping out doing an energy exchange at my yoga studio and blah 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 you had a million things going on um in your fun employment (laughs) and um and she was just like oh okay um anything that pays any money and so people are not going to get it, you know? Um, 
but it doesn't matter if people get it. It matters if you get it. You're the only one that is building yourself and that's building your life and building your career. Definitely. So, yeah. You and I are such list makers. And I think it's sure. funny because we're in different places right now in that um, you're teaching in Korea and I'm I'm working in Toronto. And I think that we, we both have very similar approaches to downtime in that we like making lists of things that we want to accomplish. So for example, I knew that one of the things that I wanted to do before um, working full time is I wanted to start doing some base like learning how to code, how to do basic coding. Yeah. So I made a point of making sure that every day I went on to Code Academy. We'll put the link in here. It's like very specific, I guess, to this one, to this one skill. <laughs> um, but it's just one example of something that, even though I didn't really have a purpose for wanting to do it, it's always having those goals that you can work towards that. Um, that you mentioned can um, can really help starting start helping you form what it is that you want to do, yeah. or even um, the skills that it's possible for you to learn. Nobody's asking you to stay strictly within whatever box your degree put you in. Right. Yeah. Totally. I think having a variety of goals. I think one of the things I would say to anyone post-grad would be, I really urge you and encourage you to define your life um, as much, much more than just your job. Um, like, I would say make goals that make you into a more interesting person and give you more skills and don't let your job be your single-minded focus. Try and be a more holistic person. Mm -hmm. I think we're both on the same page of that. Um, and I don't know, I think that mentality is a bit too rare for, in my opinion. Um, but I think that's important and having these goals that are going to help you build skills and ultimately help you do whatever it is you choose to do. And they can help you figure things out too. I mean, um, I did Code Academy for a while and I, I did a lot of stuff with it. And then I was just like, okay, well, I have the basic skills, but that's not something I want to pursue. I thought at one point maybe it would be something I wanted to pursue. Whereas I was doing video editing just for fun. I got an internship with it. And the more I do it, the more I love it. Um, so it's just if you explore these things and you have fun with them, then mm -hmm. you can sort of rule things out one way or the other. I actually like to... I'd actually like to stay on that point for a second, your internship, because oh, yeah. I think that so many people discount all the little things that you do that you love on the side. So things like your video editing, things like this blog. Steph got an internship with the Red Tent Sisters, who we actually interviewed um, for this podcast last, last summer for this podcast, and she she learned about them through through our podcast, and I, I believe that's correct, right? Yeah, and yeah, she learned about them through the podcast, met them when we uh, decided to um, interview them in person, um, and I think that things like that are invaluable because that's where your passions lie. And like, I'm su super proud of you for Aww. for landing an internship with them. But I think that it's it's a really solid example. Um, yeah. to give a specific example of. Well, actually I can elaborate on it a little yeah. bit. So, um, yes, please. I was just, I was just sort of at, living back home with my mom after I got back from my trip and I was sort of at a loss of what I wanted to do next. And I didn't know for sure that I wanted to come to Korea at all. Um, but I 
just was trying to do new things and I was trying to do a lot of new things. Um, and so when we interviewed them for the podcast, which by the way, this podcast is something that we just do for fun, right? This is just something yeah. I like to do. It's something I'm exploring. Um, and so we interviewed from them for the podcast and I applied for their internship. And when they got back to me, they told me that they didn't have the position open anymore. They had filled it, but that they wanted to still work with me because they had had experience with me. So because I'd been doing this thing for fun with my inter- uh, with my podcast, our podcast, sorry, um, <laughs> uh, they decided that they wanted to work with me. I've been working with them for quite a while now, and it's actually recently transitioned into a freelance position. So it's just sort of like I, I created a space for myself. And there was a great episode of um, NPR's TED Radio Hour Uh, that I listened to recently on millennials and uh, this guy, I I forget his name, Charlie Hone, I think Um, we'll link to it in the show notes, but he talks about like the importance of sort of like making your own work. And um, it's a hard thing to do, but if you do free work and good work and you work hard and you show people that you can solve their problems or you can help them with something that they didn't know they needed help with, um, you can actually like carve out a niche for yourself. And I'd never done that before. I didn't think I could do that before. Um, Mm -hmm. But just if you explore and you go down roads that you're not 100% sure about in ways that are accessible, then you never know what can happen. I mean, it's huge for me, that realization. Um, I feel really lucky that I have given myself space to pursue things that other people wouldn't necessarily immediately see as productive or um, furthering my career, but in in reality, they have in sort of a roundabout way. It's it's actually yeah. come back all around. So, um, yeah, I'm so proud of you, <laughs> oh, Laura. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I think exploration so so key, so key. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, I think another thing, another feeling, just briefly. Um, I don't really have any advice for this one necessarily, but there's this sense that I didn't really expect that your friendships are going to change and shift. Um, And I know, especially just being in Korea, I mean, that's much different, but um, like people get busy and people like, I know I have friends in Montreal now who have full-time jobs and that I talk to so rarely. And I thought that I would talk to them every day. And so I think preparing yourself for the inevitable reality that your friendships are going to change as as this year moves forward people are in different places and doing different things definitely that can can be hard but um you sort of have to prepare yourself for that a note on friendships though because i think that for many friendships not all friendships um Mm -hmm. but for many friendships you can develop a system that works in order to preserve that so uh, with one of our friends who lives in Vancouver right now, um, him and I have a deal that we can call each other at any time. If we're busy, then we'll say like, Hey, can you call me back in an hour? Um, but we find that structuring a time to talk doesn't make sense for us. Mm -hmm. Whereas you and me, I think that having, having a biweekly podcast that really helps the two of us keep in touch. And I think having structures in place that work for that individual friendship and respecting how that friendship works as opposed to your different friendships um, is really important if it's 
if it's something that you want to put time towards and invest in still, I'd say 100% go for it and, and just find something that works. But yeah, but it can be like a difficult process, right? Like finding that balance, um, like the same thing that's going to work for one friendship is not going to work for another friendship. Mm-hmm. And that can be like a bit uh, complicated at first to try and see like, okay, well, is Facebook messaging working? Clearly not. Like what can we, <laughs> what can we do instead? Emailing is not going to work out. Um, so just sort of having that and having a sort of sense of fluidity in the way that your friendships can evolve, I think is important because otherwise it can get really hard um, when you go from seeing and talking to someone every single day, every single day, um, yeah. to not talking to them for months at a time. is like very yeah. hard. I remember one of my fears at graduation would be that I have no idea how to make friends in the real world. Yeah, <laughs> university is awesome because you arrive and there are so many fresh-faced people who are all looking to make friends at the yep. exact same time. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I, I still don't know that I have it figured out. I'm a bit of a homebody. Yeah, uh, but yeah, just too. being open to new relationships too. Totally, and yeah. I think you've done a great job in Toronto um, of pursuing things. I mean, when I came to Korea, I was lucky because there's a bit of an expat community here not a, not necessarily as much as i thought there would be um but just i've been lucky to make friends through other friends but in toronto i think you've been very proactive and you joined your energy exchange and that's been so great um to be around like-minded people and i know that um you've gone to like meetups for yes uh like like vegans and things like that so um yeah, if there's like a meetup.com in your area, there is not one in Busan, but um, big yeah. surprise. If um, you live in a big city, meetup.com yeah. is great for, for meeting like-minded people. Right. And I think like being a bit proactive in that is important. Like you've inserted yourself into communities. I mean, you're still on your hockey team and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So you've like inserted yourself into communities that um, are going to match you up with, with people. So that's really important. I think that's great. Yeah. Um, so do we have any um, more like proactive advice? Because um, these feelings are going to come up and really when they come up, the only thing you can do is try and change your perspective and um, practice gratitude and um, get some space from things and whatever. But, you know, all the usual. Yeah. Um, but in terms of sort of like proactively heading things off at the past before these things have a chance to come up, which they inevitably will, but to try and stop them. Yeah, I think that, We've already touched upon a lot of these things before. Mm-hmm. The one theme that always keeps coming up in my life and that I try to live uh, by is the idea that you always have to have a goal. Mm-hmm. So your goals could be long-term or short-term and it, it doesn't matter. Your goal doesn't have to be a job. Your goal can be whatever you want it to be and it can change um, as long as you're always working towards something. Yeah, um, I'm not a a big fan of dormancy and it's sort of it's one of those things that drives me crazy personally mm-hmm. um, so having a goal and 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 being able to identify steps towards that goal uh, and also once your goals change being able to take those steps that you've already done and apply them yeah um, so that they're they count in your past experience right um, although I will say that it can be hard like I know in the past year it was hard for me since I felt like the entire world was sort of open and I didn't know what I wanted to pursue. It was very hard for me for quite a while to set goals. Like I didn't know, I mean, I had some ones, but they didn't relate to really my, um, 
my career or any anything really um, and I didn't have that many of them um, yeah. and it was like a hard time so just I think be prepared for the fact that it may be harder to set goals in this time because you don't know what your life is going to look like you don't even know what you want it to look like yeah but to try and set little ones um, and build on them so that definitely be- even even things as small as making it your goal to finish the book that Stephanie recommended um, and seeing and <laughs> yeah, seeing where that's that the takes book you. I recommended. Yeah. And, but seeing where that takes you. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. Yeah. I, I know we've talked on the podcast before about ABZ planning, mm-hmm. um, which was an idea that came up when I read the startup of you, which is a book by yeah. the founders of LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that idea that, always have your plan A, which is what you're doing, your plan B, which is like a pivot to something that you could be doing with a similar skill set, and a plan Z. So worst case scenario, um, where does that put you? And when you know that your worst case scenario might be living at home for a few months, uh, it puts you in the position where you're able to take more risks or or take more time to figure out exactly uh, what your passions are, or how you can turn that into a career. Um, I think, I I think we, we talked a little little bit about it, but owning that right now you're in a transition period and being okay with taking small steps back, such as living at home, um, is actually going to help you put, put yourself further ahead, um, when you're able to be humble in certain situations and take advantage of the things that are available to you. Right. Um, as long as you can afford it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, I think that a great proactive piece of advice, something that I try and do all the time, is to read people that are older and wiser than me. So I mentioned Meg Jay. Uh, that was a really helpful book. But And you've mentioned Startup With You. But mm-hmm. we are constantly, the two of us, constantly reading um, like sort of self-helpy kind of things. Like <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not embarrassed of it. Um, I, I hate that term, self-help. I think, oh, people, help me. Yeah. <laughs> I think people like misinterpret the term self-help, but I'm like constantly reading like pop psychology books and books on like post-grad life and um, like Zen habits. I think his perspective is just so great. So it can help you really in any stage of your life. But mm-hmm. I think just like reading uh, and listening to content that is the type of person and the type of perspective that you want to have. So you just have to like sort of bathe your brain in like the yeah. waters of inspiration. Um, like Marie Forleo, she will never stop being inspiring to me. And so just like exposing yourself to a lot of content that is the type of life you want to live is so helpful because you might be in a position in your family where people don't understand the type of life you want to have or your friend circle and maybe you want to start your own business but you don't know anyone who started their own business you don't know how to go about that so like pursuing Mm -hmm. and seeking out that kind of inspiration i think is like really really great so helpful yeah um I'd also, yeah, I, I love I love that you talked upon or talked about uh, being creative in that regard and not letting yourself get boxed in because your university yeah. de- your university degree is not a prescription um, no. about what you're going to be doing with the rest of your life. So I remember one piece of advice that I read, which I think is fantastic, is even if you have a job right now that you like and you're not looking to 
uh, to apply for a new job or especially if you are looking for new jobs but you're not totally sure where to start. Right. Um, collect postings that you find interesting even if you're a few years experience out from that posting. But right. getting an idea for the jobs that are out there and the requirements, the prerequisites, the demands of, of those particular jobs and looking for themes within those. So, for example, for me, a lot of um, a lot of the jobs that I can someday see myself in might require more graphic design skills than I currently have. Mm -hmm. So once I start to recognize that as a trend, that's something that I know like, hey, I should start putting a little bit of my free time towards that so that a few years in when I have that experience and I'm ready to move into a position like that, I also have armed myself with these other skills that I know the position requires. Um, totally. Say, yeah, that's that's definitely um, something uh, yeah. something to look at. I think that's great. And in a way, um, I would say find a way that you can do that in other respects in your life as well. Like maybe not job postings, but... <clears throat> I know I did a vision boarding exercise like the past spring and just sort of like if there was something that really caught my eye and or there's mm -hmm. some some way that someone was living their life. Um, and I mostly did it in photos. It was just basically like on Pinterest, um, but just things that I that caught my eye. And then when you take a step back and you can look at it and then you can say, OK, what? does this tell me, like, what does this tell me that I want to incorporate more of into my life? How can I start doing that now? How can yeah. I start working towards this life? Um, and so in, in the way that I was doing it, it was a bit more, I guess you could say like, um, trivial, frivolous, not, not really frivolous, but, um, not specifically relating to my career, but I think, um, having that scope where you're yeah. looking at what you want, um, is, is a good idea. Yeah. I think another piece of advice would be um, not being afraid to reach out to people who are doing mm -hmm. things that interest you. Um, I think that I'm so glad that we reached out to the Red Tent Sisters. Yeah. Oh, like I see them and I'm just like, wow, those girls are living their dream. They're um, running their own business on something that they're passionate about. Yeah. Would they want to take the time to be on our podcast? Um, <laughs> yeah, just going out there and, and asking and putting yeah. yourself out there and, and trying to relate to people. It's how I got my internship uh, right out of university was I was browsing on LinkedIn and I found um, Lisa, who I worked for, who who has a small communications uh, and marketing firm that helps right. socially responsible businesses. Mm -hmm. Um I thought that was just awesome and that's something that I could totally see myself in and reaching reaching out to her to see if there was anything I could do to be to be helpful yeah. um, out, of, out of school it was like one of the best decisions I've made um, yeah. so and don't get us wrong that can be like terrifying um, it's really hard but it's something that is important to try if you can yeah and there's so much advice out there on how to properly make a request and how to properly yeah. <laughs> Um, make it clear what you're asking for and upfront. Uh, yes, exactly. And and those are things you can find so easy. Um, yeah. One of my favorite resources right now, I've watched <laughs> the daily, <laughs> the daily muse. I think it's, yeah. um, I think it's so great for people, especially twenty somethings. Every all of the articles are written in like very easy to digest pieces. Yeah. Um, and they have 
a whole slew of advice on things like what to expect in interviews, what kind of questions will you get, what should you do after interviews, uh, and so on and so forth. Um, one of the things that I saw on there this week that I thought was really interesting was it was a brainstorm sheet with a bunch of different prompts um, to help you just brainstorm for your dream job. So it had questions like, if you could choose one friend to trade jobs with, who would you choose and why? Right. Uh, or questions like, if I had to go back to school tomorrow, I'd major in what and why? Um, my If my boss would let me, I would do more of this and why? And once you look at all of your answers, just being able to look at the common themes and yeah. any any patterns that start to emerge can, um, yeah, help you help you get a starting point for for things that you might want to do. So maybe working with kids, for example, is a common answer. Um, I think that I, I think that uh, putting yourself in different mind mindsets, yeah, is so much easier than like the linear thinking that we're so used to. Totally. And of course, again, you can branch that out. You could make your own brainstorming sheet for other areas of your life, like friendships, relationships, um, yeah, free time, goals, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, yeah. That's why I love your vision board is it's just, it doesn't, nothing has to fall within a, a particular, particular theme. It's just, if you want it in your life, you put it up there. Yeah. It was like very much like no judgment what goes on there. Um, but I think that I want to do it in a different regard too, maybe about my job or something like that. But I think like vision boarding, as hippie as it sounds, um, brainstorming, all, whatever you want to call it, can be like very helpful. Mm-hmm. But how should we end off? We should just end by saying you are not alone if you're having weird feelings, if you feel strange, if you feel like you're failing, if you feel like everybody else is not failing. Um yeah, Julia, thank you for the question. Thank you so much. I am, I am personally very flattered that you think that <laughs> I would have um, good advice on this. I'm sure Steph feels the same way, Definitely. not to speak for you, Steph. But, um, yeah. but the truth is that, yeah, like you said, everybody everybody's trying to figure it out. Um, and I think that the tools that we've talked about today are just yeah, a, a handful of the many ways you can go about figuring out what's going to be next for you and what's going to be uh, your life in the future. Yeah, so. I would encourage you, again, to not to be repetitive, but to think about not just your job, but all different aspects of your life and to take risks at this time in your life when you have very little to mess up and you have very little responsibilities and if you want to do something, you should just do it now. Um, and you shouldn't be scared, <laughs> even though it's scary. Um, but yeah, you could be one year out, you could be living in Korea and you could be like, how did that happen? Yeah. <laughs> Graduation is so exciting. I mean, I've, I'm, I've been seeing all the, uh, the posts on social media about people graduating this year and it's, yeah, yeah. I'm sort of envious of them in a weird way. Yeah, I guess it shouldn't be. You just but. have so many opportunities that you you are you don't even know you have yet um, that here that are going to come your way. And as long as you're open to them, things are going to surprise you so much. Just like stay open, stay stay hungry, um, and mm-hmm. 
I don't know. Just keep exploring. Don't be so hard on yourself. Don't be so hard on yourself. Yeah, basically. Like, rule number one. Yeah. <laughs> yes, thank you for your question. If anybody else has questions for Steph and I that um, you would like to hear on the podcast, we are always open uh, to uh, sitting down for 20 minutes and having having a discussion on air about yeah. um, about things that matter to you. Yeah. So... Yeah, thanks, uh, Julia. Um, thanks for listening. If you guys want to find us on social media, we are at Green Guinea Pigs on Twitter and Instagram. We also occasionally post on Facebook, but hey. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll talk to you later, Laura. Have an amazing week. You too. Bye.